we can't depend on the banks to do right. Uh-huh. Wells Fargo was making up fucking account holders. Yeah, totally illegal. Absolutely. Fraud. Absolutely. Fraud. And that if we don't regulate them, they will continue to act in this way. Hi, all. Welcome to Racism is Profitable, a pod about racism in the economy. I am Solana Rice, co-founder and co-executive director of Liberation in a Generation Action. And I'm joined by my co-founder and co-executive director, Jeremy Career. What's up, y'all? Peace. Yo, Solana, what was Senator Warren talking about? That she's on Rachel Maddow kind of on fire. What, what was she talking about? The second part is the regulators themselves, in particular, the Fed, in particular, Jerome Powell, the chairman of the Federal Reserve Bank, who took that change in the laws, and boy, did he run with it. In fact, he ran further than a lot of people even thought the law let him in tailoring the oversight of those banks in order to make it as weak as possible. Then there's part three, and that is those executives, those bank CEOs who lobbied hard to get this change in the law. Those are the ones who, when the window opened, wow, were they ready to go. And they went out and they decided to load up on risk. And why? They loaded up on risk because it made their banks more profitable. And that meant it made them have higher salaries. They got to to rule over bigger banks. They got big bonuses. They brought in their friends. And they did all that by taking on more risk. And it worked. SVB increased its profitability of the last three years by 40%. They took on all that risk, made themselves more profitable right up to the day that the bank exploded. Yeah, well, you have to give it to Senator Warren. She's been saying the same things about regulating banks for a long time. So this is um, while a bank collapse like Silicon Valley Bank uh, is startling, we shouldn't be surprised. It's not something new. Uh, And I think the question really is, should we all be concerned? Uh, should black people uh, be concerned? Should people of color be concerned? Should we start taking our money out of banks? Uh, right. I got that question a couple times. Right. Like, should we? What should we be doing? But we should probably talk about what is Silicon Valley Bank? Yeah. And what what really happened? Uh, it was not the first bank either. To it was the first recently but it was not the last one yeah. to have some have some troubles uh, uh senator warren kept it off pretty pretty well right like right. these this bank was investing in uh was had a lot of risk basically so it let's be clear banks take in deposits um they then can sort of undergird those deposits with bonds they were like yeah 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 yeah. your money's gonna be here it's okay we can just like sell off some of these bonds yeah. when we need to if you need what your money need back well we need to uh <laughs> meanwhile bond rates kept going up but they had bought them at like really 
cheap yeah. levels. Right. And so they yeah. weren't worth as much as when they originally thought. Right. And then investors started coming back being like, no, no, no. I want my money out. I want my money out. I want my money out. And, and they were like, wait. There was a run on the bank. There was a run on, on the, the bank. bank. <laughs> and yeah. they said, oh, Lord, we don't have all this money <laughs> that y'all yeah. want. Um, and so it became pretty dicey. But, you know, this risk, I think we have to say that the risk that these banks take is not yeah. normal. Like, yeah. you and I can't take on these kind of risky things. If I go to my bank and say, I want a loan, they're like, oh, you look too risky, right. lady. You don't make enough money. You don't You don't have yeah. enough collateral yeah. behind you. Right. We can't. Right. We can't take your stuff. We don't. You have enough of stuff that's of value that we could take it yeah. if we need it. Um, but we, but we allow banks to do this kind of behavior all the time, and it's what we call at LibGen this dual financial system, system. where you know you and I can't take on this type of risk. Uh, Black yeah. lib banks often can't take on this sure type of risk, but uh, we let these Fortune uh, yeah. five hundred companies. Uh, yeah. and banks in particular take on this type of risk all the time. Yeah, I think it's important to start with like, what is Silicon Valley Bank, right? Like Silicon Valley Bank was yeah. a bank that essentially was an investment bank for venture capitalists. Like people out in Silicon Valley put money in these new tech startups, uh, you know, and that that's really what they exist. And like you said, they backed that with buying securities, um, which they were buying treasury bonds at a rate where it was like 1%. Yeah. Return on those <laughs> on those bonds, and then what happened was the Fed, our our, our boy Jerome Powell, uh, who was like the only white man I know named Jerome, I think, <laughs> like anywhere in the world, uh, the Federal the Federal Reserve Chair increased interest rates, which now means that like those rates, those bonds are, are worthless. Worth They're just worthless. Not worthless, but worth no, less, less, right? And now all of a sudden, all these all these investments aren't backed by anything. Um, and by the nature of borrowing or doing making these investments with venture capitalists, these are by nature risky investments because most startups fail, um, and they know that, and that's built into the into the into the system. They're risky, and we should note that the, a lot of the folks that um, are trying to get their money out are depositing way more than $250,000. That's a piece, yeah. So- Because of the Federal Depository Insurance Program, the yes. FDI Corporation, the, yeah. the FDIC. FDIC. So when folks ask me, like I had some folks ask me this weekend, like, should I be worried? I'm like, do you have more than $250,000 in your- <laughs> Which 250000 is a threshold in which they- deposits are insured right more correct. than that they're uninsured yeah correct so if you go into a bank and you're like i have two hundred forty nine thousand ninety nine dollars right. it is right. backed by the government it's backed by not the government actually the banks themselves put in money so that right if uh if there is uh, a run and uh, depositors need their money out. It is, it is. They can get their money out up to that point. So let we want to be clear. This is a tech-focused type of bank. These are deposits in large part that are huge. Yes, there are entrepreneurs who are venture capitalists, who are tech startups that are Black people, that are Latinos, yeah. that are uh, Indian folks. Yes, we we have all 
yes, people of color but, had deposits there, but they are not but, our typical consumers. No, no. I mean, it is the Silicon Valley, and I think we've we've there's lots of data on how not very diverse Silicon Valley is. So when you can think about who's investing and working with this bank, it's largely pretty wealthy white folks. So people with the, that can deposit more than $250,000 in an account. And what is startling to me and where it hits this dual financial system is the, the FDIC backed these accounts anyway. That uh-huh. was a decision that was made to back these accounts anyway, Uh. even though they were uninsured. So now we're at a place where, okay, so this happened, and they're going to take care of these folks. Uh Um, But we were, this isn't the first time there was a run on the bank, right? 2008, there was a run on the bank at Washington Mutual. Yeah, how did we, didn't we learn our, didn't we learn, like, what happened between the time... (laughs) Washington well, Mutual and, yeah. and now didn't we? I thought we had some like regulation. Did we say like? Yeah, there was a there was a senator named Don Christopher <laughs> Don and a, a congressman named Barney Frank that Barney. passed the uh, Dodd Frank Financial Regulations uh, Act, and that that bill basically was to prevent something like what happened in two thousand eight. For those who don't remember. It was the largest uh, bank failure um, and financial crisis since the Great Depression. And um, that law was supposed to set things straight. And what happened in this case was the Trump administration had rolled back some Uh of the regulations to prevent that from happening again. In particular, um, the and what Senator Warren was talking about in uh, her piece in her response to Rachel Maddow was that banks define the Federal Reserve required banks to do stress tests and basically look at okay if these type of things happen like interest rates yeah. go up yeah are you going to be all right happen? are you going to yeah. be all right right like it's kind of <laughs> like a like uh like, like looking at your books and saying like okay are we going to be all right if these things happen and they required that they do those stress tests and what happened was during donald trump's uh administration and i'll just say like democrats and republicans were behind this because they, uh-huh. they, it got through congress and then was signed by uh donald trump and remember congress was, was you can't get anything out of congress if democrats don't vote for it or if Republicans don't vote for it. And what happened was they lowered the threshold of the size of bank you have to be to do the stress test. So all of a sudden, banks like Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, which is the other bank that failed uh-huh. um, a couple of weeks ago uh, in New York, uh, didn't have to go through these stress tests. So they yeah. didn't do it. And had they done it, there might have been some red flags that like, yo, these interest rate hikes that the Federal Reserve is doing is going to impact you in this way. So you need to take actions to protect uh, these deposits. And they didn't do it. And so what we see here is risk, what, what, how these two things come together with 2008 and now, and these questions about can this happen again, is you have the, the, the kind of toxic mixture of very risky behavior by the financial institutions, which in 2008 was around the mortgage market and subprime mortgages. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And deregulation by the government, basically the government taking its eye off of what the banking industry is doing. And what we see is these massive bank failures. 
And what happens every time, or most of the time, is that the pain of those failures gets pushed down yeah. to the very lowest place it can be pushed. In 2008, that was black home buyers, for a large right. part, that were foreclosed upon. It was renters who were evicted because their buildings had been foreclosed upon. It was people who lost their jobs because they couldn't access credit, because the businesses they worked for couldn't access credit and were failed and needed to cut costs, so they cut staff. It is though that was what that looked like in two thousand eight. What it looks like today is these venture capitalists are gonna couldn't get their money. But the thing is, a lot of those venture capitalists were invested in companies that have payrolls at this bank. Uh-huh. So there's a lot. There was a lot of people going around like, "Are we gonna be able to make payroll?" Yep. Uh, this week, um, that is what happens in these crises. And what it means is this risky behavior. If the if the if the government doesn't have its eye on the regulations, banks are gonna act in this way. They're gonna yeah. do risky things, and it's gonna get pushed down. I thought it was really interesting that the banks are also trying to do what they can to not spread the contagion like they acknowledge the risk and so with first republic for example they were like oh no 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 wait 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 first republic your little regional bank not little i mean it's a sizable bank what will put some money into y'all as well what does that should we should we applaud that is that great like and is it is it really to stem the contagion? One, the idea of a small bank, I think, is absolutely hilarious. Like <laughs> these, even the smallest banks, we're talking about billions of dollars in assets, hundreds of billions of dollars in assets yeah. Yeah. that they hold. So, like this idea of a small bank is like kind of a laughable concept, um, and it's only it is only because of the massive size of a bank like Wells Fargo. J.P. Morgan yeah. Chase, Bank of America, the big five, yeah. right? But so the, the the truth of the matter is like the banking system is structured such that any bank failure is going to have incredible harm. So they basically hold us hostage. So you ask a question like, is it okay to bail these banks out? They've created a structure where like the government has no fucking choice. Yeah. <laughs> because if they don't, what what? The harm gets felt, like I said, the far harm gets felt downstream. Uh-huh. And so the only answer is regulating them to the level, to the point where they don't, where the failures don't happen. And that's what Dodd-Frank was about, was to avoid the failure, not to bail out when the failure happens. But Republicans keep coming in and trying to roll this stuff back, and we end up in the same place. And then... You know, we can't depend on the regulation is also important because we can't depend on the banks to do right. Uh-huh. Well, Fargo was making up fucking account holders. Yeah. <laughs> like they were, they were exhibiting totally illegal. Absolutely. Fraud. Absolutely. Fraud. Totally illegal. <laughs> and so it says if we don't regulate these do banks. Do you know somebody who got prosecuted on that, by the way? Do you know? Did I anybody actually? I didn't actually... hear about anybody. No, no one did. Uh-huh. No, it did. So this is just like blatant fraud, and that if we don't regulate them, they will continue to act in this way. And what they will continue to do is make sure that their 
doing what they can to to make the money that they that they can and do it by exploiting consumers yeah. way down which at the very end of that is black and brown consumers absolutely absolutely so i think for me i what i what i think is important is that we have a little bit of nuance here which is that traditionally banks left to their own devices will fail black and brown communities whether we are consumers whether we are yep. tanking out loans um making deposits they will take try, our money they will, will not do anything for us <laughs> they will That's take our money they, will do. they are not about to go out on any risk on us no. um yet they will leverage their own risk all the time uh mostly for uh white wealthy folks regardless of that fact though it's the idea that we need to to as a nation regulate and make sure that we have the teeth in our governing bodies to uh -huh. hold these institutions accountable is paramount whether or not it's silicon valley bank that's serving mostly uh tech folks or if it's our local small banks that are supposed to be serving black and brown communities we have to have ways to regulate and make sure that we're not just accepting bad behavior <laughs> and right. this unmitigated, unmitigated risk. Yeah, and I think ultimately the the big point and why I think there was real progress with Dodd Frank is you have to start with the question like, what are banks for? Right, banks are for providing access to to capital and to financial services so that people can live and thrive. Right, and for so long, banks have violated that responsibility when it comes to black and brown communities. They have either not made their services available or they have extracted resources out of them and never returned them back. And the role of the government is to ensure that banks are providing that service to everybody. And the reason why they have to is because banks have a special privilege. They get to borrow directly from the Federal Reserve, money directly from the Federal Reserve, at very low interest rates to put back into the community. And this is how the money gets into circulation. They have that special responsibility that they have, which requires that they provide services to everybody. And the only entity that can hold them accountable to providing services to, to black and brown folks in a way that is going to allow us to thrive, not exploit us, is for the government to regulate them. It is why the Federal Reserve is a bank regulator. It is why the FDIC is a bank regulator. Like these, this is the purpose of our financial system and there shouldn't be two. One that serves black people uh -huh. and one that doesn't. There should be one that, that black people can access equally, as equally and as, as, as regularly as those venture capitalists in Silicon Valley. Yeah. So I think our takeaway is Today, we might not need to be as alarmed as we needed to be in 2008. We should still keep our eyes wide open for opportunities for us to hold these banks accountable. If there are petitions coming across your desk, sign them, et cetera. Um, and we deserve a banking system that serves all of us. All of us. Yeah. And... We have to, we have, we have to be, and so like if Elizabeth Warren's on the hunt, we got to make sure that, that we're back into things that, 
that she is doing because I'm telling you these it is not by accident. They're they they will roll back all of that Dodd Frank uh uh-huh. regulate uh legislation if they can. And I'm talking about the Republicans in the House of Senate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, bank well, keep your eyes wide open. We'll see you on the flip time. Yep. See you next time. Peace. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out our list of episode resources and visit us at liberationnagenerationaction.org. Shout out to our producer and audio editor, Nino Fernandez, the design team at TrimTab, and the LibGen Action communications team. Like what you heard? Help us make some noise by telling two friends about the Racism is Profitable podcast. Until next time, y'all. Peace.